Welcome to Spraymakers, the podcast that dives deep into the world of water skiing with Chris Rossi and Trent Dennison. This week, the guys jump into the topic of handle control and what it means to execute properly. Where, where this comes into play and where people highlight it or where people want to be able to emulate it is, is up from the second wake to the top of the reach, or maybe it's even, you know, to the start of the reach. But, but I, I think, you know, it true when you really see someone control the handle, it's from that moment. It's from the, it's from when they switch edges until they hit apex. Okay. And, and, and so I think the, you know, the most obvious thing that you're seeing is you're just, you're seeing the handles not really moving. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think that's when you, we, we need to, you know, scratch this thing a little bit because, you know, that handle doesn't ever really move. So what is that feeling that everyone's looking for? Or when they, you know, um, when they say, I want to control my handle like Rossi or, or another one people I've seen people comment, you know, a lot on is I want, I want to have handle control like Dave Meckler. So, you know, what is that that looks so seamless when you're, when you're doing a few things right. And then we'll, we should look at it conversely too, because I already made the comment. I really concentrate on handle control when I'm doing a few things wrong. Exactly. Exactly. That, that, and that's what we kind of alluded to earlier. I think that it becomes a more center point in your skiing when you haven't set yourself up in the right way. Um, you know, when, when, uh, when you, when you brought up handle control, I, you know, the first thing that popped in my head is what, how do I relate to handle control or what really, what is it, you know, or what is this concept or I don't, I don't know exactly how to take it there, but what the thought process that popped in my head was it's not controlling the handle. It's controlling the object behind the handle. Yeah. That's perfect for me too. That's exactly what popped in my head. Like that it's not like I, I hear people talking about where they're putting the handle and and how they're using the handle. And, you know, and then, you know, if, if we're going to take it past past where we let go with our outside hand, like you kind of alluded to earlier and, and take it all the way to the apex, then you've got people like, oh, with well, the handles low or the handles here, you know. So anyway, I, I just started thinking about it as as really it's not the handle in my mind. I'm not really thinking about it. It's more, where is, where am I in relation to the handle and what's happening with me that's causing me to focus on the handle, you know? For sure. For sure. So So, if we just go low hanging, let's go low hanging fruit then let's just, okay. What is this, this idea of, of controlling the handle, uh, um, excuse me, after the second wake, well, so we're just going to go you know, in its simplest sense, it's meaning it's what, what you're at, what you're, what you're seeing and what you're striving for is not letting the handle get away from your body. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's probably the easiest, most universal definition of good handle control is you're not separating. So, and that's, that's why I made the comment that when things are right, this is actually kind of a natural thing. And the biggest cause of, the handle coming away from your body is having to pull past the center of the wakes. Why and is it, that? And, there, and it's, yeah, exactly. We, we, we beat this up, but, but why don't we hit yeah. that, hit it again, Trent? Why, yeah, why, why is that the problem? For sure. Because you, you are, if you're still on and, and admittedly agreeably, sometimes it's necessary if, you know, if there's a series of mistakes that we, you know, we've talked about and we'll talk about some more, but if you're forced or you choose to keep attacking or cutting after the center line, you're trying to go on a path that the handle is not capable of knowing. The, the boat is going down the lake. 
And if you keep pulling past the second wake, you're trying to run a line that the, the handle has to get pulled away from your body at some point. So, so you know what? So maybe, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, you or Dame Eckler, but maybe the, the people that have the best handle control in, in a, you know, in a, in an active sense are the people that do pull too long and get away with it. You know, if you're pulling past the, the second wake and, you know, and I said, if I make a mistake, Meaning, you know, if I if I had some kind of delay or pause out of the previous turn and I have to to pull past the second wake to get my ski to accelerate enough to move through, that's when I'm like, I'm going to just try and be a bully with the handle. I am not going to let that handle get away from my body. Um, but, you know, contrarily, if, if I'm running the line I want to be on and I'm coming up through the center line, probably handle control for me at that point is, is, is kind of like you said, it's just really controlling my body. So if I'm going to put kind of an active, um, some kind of employment into, into controlling my handle, I'm going to, I'm going to control my center, meaning I'm going to keep my core especially tight. So as I come onto that flat ski and inside edge, that the handle isn't moving in relation to my hip. You know, I, I talked about, you know, kind of hip orientation in the past. And, and as I swing off the second wake, I want to keep my structure intact. So, so my chest isn't caving. So the handle isn't inching away from my body. And so my inside hip can continue to travel with the line of the rope with the handle. So there's like my, that would be my active handle control when things are going right. It's really going to be core engagement. So, so my mechanical structure, my stack doesn't change. Yes. I mean, you actually, now, now you're, you're getting into the kind of the way I was thinking about it. I, I was thinking about all of these things, like what, what goes wrong to cause, to cause a loss of handle control? Because so, yeah. that's the way I was thinking about it so that I could then come back and say, how do we build better handle control? And so you, the first one you nailed right, right on, right on. Like if you are pulling past center line, you are going to deviate from the handle path at too high an, uh, of a rate too quickly. And that line load will eventually rip you up and out. And you're going to have to have some sort of band-aid moves to get mm -hmm. back onto a relatively close path to the ideal handle path. You can never get back onto it. Once you're, once you're off the handle path, it's almost impossible to get back on the handle path in that sequence of, of rhythm. Meaning like, if you lose a handle yeah. path going into one, you're really going to have a hard time catching the handle path until you're going into two. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, so if you, if you're pulling long past in through your gate and then you get ripped up, you are, and, and you're like, you just said, maybe the best people at handle control might be the ones that are actually doing that and getting away with it, meaning that they're having to really control it, but they're still getting ripped up and going inside of the ideal path. Like there's only one ideal path. And if you deviate from that, then you're automatically going to be pulled to the inside of that at some point. And the rate at which you get pulled inside of that will be how straight of a line you take at the buoy, which is deviating inside more and more and more from the, from the ideal handle path as it arcs out, i.e. you're going to have more slack at the finish of the turn or have to run your turn further down course before you catch the, catch the rhythm again. So I think yeah. you, ha you have, you have that kind of, that kind of picture to paint there. You know, another picture that I had that you just started to allude to, to allude to, or, or a thought that I had is that if you never are in your stack 
or your structure, as Trent calls it, if you never reach that structure, then yeah. you're going to easily be compromised when loads come on your body as you, you know, more load is going to come on your body mm -hmm. as you reach the center line, regardless of how great of a position you're in. And if you are not in a great position and those loads come on your body, then you're going to, you're going to hinge at places that shouldn't be hinging. And that's going to also cause you any, any hinge that you have behind the boat that is uh, a lack of strength or lack of structure is going to set you back on your ski. Even if your chest goes forward, your your uh, rear end is going to go back. So, and that's more weight than than your upper body is. So, you no matter what, any any calculation calculated moves you make that give in this that give in this uh, structure are all movements back on your ski. And if you're moving back on your ski, you're going to you're going to have a harder time staying in rhythm with the handle in alignment with the handle to be able to stay on that uh to stay with that handle controlled swing yes you know yeah yeah and that, that's actually the, you know that's a that's a great point and that probably you know i'm, I'm glad you went there because that should have been my starting point um meaning if you are not stacked the handle is going to be moving in relation to your body you know, because again, like that's, that's what that, that's what that feeling is. And that's what the visuals are is, is when the handle is not moving as it relates to your body, as it, meaning, you know, you, coming into the wake, you want it nice and low, you know, aligned with your, with your hips. And, and if the edge, so if you have that structure and then if the edge changes early enough, you can come up onto that inside edge and start swinging on that, on that high arc without the handle moving. So if you, so you're coming into the wakes and, and you've found proper, proper alignment or proper balance. Like you, like you, as you, you refer it to, um, and let's say you, you, you got an early enough edge change that there wasn't a whole pile of opposing forces. Are you, is there anything now at this point for you as, you know, just in reflection as it relates to, to handle control is, is there, is there any kind of, you know, input, whether it's like physical or mental? It's not, it's not, for me, it's not, it's hard to explain, but it's not, it's not input. It's actually a, a feeling that I'm searching out. And really what I end up feeling when I do, when I'm doing this, that zone, right. Is I feel that, uh, like if I'm going through the gates, so I'm going from left to right. If I'm going through the gates, I'm feeling, and I'm coming into that edge change into what buoy one, I feel a straight right arm. I feel, okay. and, and I feel my, Basically what I'm doing, like when I'm right behind the boat, both arms are straight and, you know, I'm holding onto the handle right now. If you can imagine the pressure that you're feeling in your hands against the handle, I create that same resistance feeling through the middle back of my shoulder blades. So it's like I'm extending the handle with my upper body pushing, not pushing away, but leaning against the handle. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's not pushing. Yep. I'm not, I'm not pulling against that handle. I'm not pulling on it. I am leaning against it. And it's, it's, it's as if I've created a wall that my back is now leaning on. And as I come through the edge change, my whole goal is to keep my upper body connected to the handle, connected to the energy that I created. And what I'm really doing is I'm swiveling my back that's against the wall and just allowing yeah. it to swivel, staying connected to that wall while my Got lower it. body comes up and underneath 
and just lands on the inside edge. I'm not, there's no force happening. I'm not heavy with my feet. It's more that I feel that my upper body is swinging on the handle path, which we have, you know, we have episodes on, but right there, I'm really focusing on it. And, and I'm focusing on, you know, just staying connected in a way that I can keep my back leaned against the wall while my lower body comes around. And that's, that's kind of what I'm that's doing a, there. That's a really cool visual. Yeah. Well, I was hoping you were getting the visual cause I'm, you know, I, I, it's, this is, it's more of an advanced feeling, but this feeling is what we're looking for while we're coming through, because that means I'm attached to the handle path and I'm trying to stay on the handle path. Now I, I personally, my habit is I have it, I have that going. And then as I land, I like to make sure that I feel my, my body coming up over my feet. And sometimes I'll take my, that, that going into one ball, I'll take my right arm and I'll kind of activate my bicep a little bit. And when I do that, I do feel a forward pulling component. I come up over my front of my foot, but as I bend that arm, I'm also able, because I'm bending the arm, I'm able to keep my body more my body doesn't stay on that swing of the arc of the handle. It kind of pulls off a little bit. And because I'm shortening that arm, I'm actually mm -hmm. making it so my chest is more square to, to the 135 buoy line. And that is actually pulling me to the inside of my optimal line by just a smidge. And thus, you know, I, I, but I like it because I get, a, you know, I, the reason why I have, I've established it is I'm, I'm using that to create tip pressure, but I'm just trying to paint a picture of people. Like even when you see people, like, let's say that, that right arm into one, when you see that arm bend and you think, well, that guy just ran 39 or that guy, you know, ran deep 41. That's not optimal. It's not what we're looking for, but it's just a, it's maybe a slight bandaid. Maybe we were just a little bit too far back through the edge change. Yeah. So what, what I'm just saying is, is that we want to be on the handle path until we decide that we're going to let go with our outside hand and then extend everything away from that and then keep extending away from that handle, handle path and trajectory. So I just think that it's just a little bit of, that was, that was a little bit of a sidebar, probably not. Uh, I just, no, I think I, that, no, I think that's really important though, because I, I, I know it's a question I get all the time about, you know, there's, cause there's certain skiers that do it. And, and and people get kind of really wrapped up in that detail. Like, should they be pulling in? Is there someone asked me that? Um, one of my one of my guys from California asked me that last week. Like, should I be pulling in to try and give myself a little bit of advance? Right. And the answer to that is no. If you're if you have your back against the wall and you are over the in your stack over your ski properly into into center line then the, and you keep your body moving on that handle path, that handle path is arcing up and in. So it is mm -hmm. going to, and you don't, if you don't manipulate your ski and try to shove your ski out wide and do all of these things, then if you, if this is done properly, you're actually softly, naturally being pulled up over your feet by leaving that going into one ball, let's say, leaving that right arm straight and allowing your upper body to rotate with the handle and keeping that momentum going out, you're actually going to be pulled up and over your ski. Yes, your back, uh, your trailing arm or your going into buoy one, that would be your left arm. Your left arm <laughs> has to bend. The reason yes. why it's bending, the reason why it's bending is twofold. One, we want to make sure we don't let go of the energy that we created 
coming into center line and through center line. That's that bottom of the swing G force, right? We're trying to, that's energy that I, that's what I call energy. So we want to be holding on to that energy so that that, that is making sure that it's feeling that, but it also has to be shorter than the, than the outside arm so that you're still connected to the handle and everything is still facing, you know, is still connected to the pylon. So it's yeah, really about yeah. this rotational upper body rotational connection. That's why I like to think about it as as a connection through the back my through my back. Through the middle of my shoulder blades is pressed against the wall and it's arcing around that whole circle and it should be arcing all the way up until I decide that I'm at that moment that I need to let go of my outside hand. How about that? Yeah, and and why that is to me why again like why that's such a powerful visual like you know you know you know as if you're being supported by this imaginary wall behind you is because you're you know you said you're connected to the pylon or connected to the handle you've got this uh you've got this sort of imaginary wall behind you that you're also not going to let yourself come up off of Mm -hmm. so you're not going to allow yourself to come straight up or even worse tip to the inside so i guess why that visual is so powerful is because you're you're just describing like just zero movement with your upper body okay but again am i at any point in this, have I really talked about handle control? No, it's body control, right? Right. right. Yeah. So, and they, and then, unless something goes wrong. So, and just keep going on this because this is a question, you know, and this is going to resonate with a lot of people too because this is, you know, age old and it's, and it's tried and true and it, and it, it is relevant. So, you were talking about, and we'll just keep everything the same. You're talking about your right arm going into one ball. Mm hmm. And that's the arm that it stays dead straight. Um, so, so how does how does that relate to back arm pressure off the second wake, which is again, which is as classic as hips up, right? Yeah. So that's my. So as I, are you just talking about how I'm how I'm dealing with the pressures going well, into there? Well, yeah. I mean, so yeah, or or is so executed correctly? Is that what people? are talking about when they talk about as I need to feel back arm pressure off the second wake. Yes. So, so for me off the second wake, as, as I come into center line, let's say I'm going into my gates, cause this is the direction that we're talking about where I've turned to and I'm going to three. This is just, and it doesn't matter if you're left or you're righty, the, the, the pull forces are going mm-hmm. to be the same. Okay. So we can, I mean, we can switch it up and go one to two and talk this over as well, but just happen to be that this is the way I started talking about it. So as I, come into the center line, I can feel, I have both, I have my arms straight at this point coming into center line and I can feel my right, I can feel kind of my right shoulder feeling, um, feeling the load through it. And mm-hmm. my, my arm is straight and my, that shoulder is really, I'm actually, I'm not dipping that shoulder. I'm really more feeling that shoulder through my, through my shoulder, but also through my lat and kind of down the, my side. Like that's, more of that kind of feeling and then as i pass through center then what i'm trying to what i'm what i'm focusing on is feeling that amount of pressure and then making sure that i feel not just that shoulder but then i'm going to rotate and feel that whole thing against the wall and i'm going to feel and i'm not going to i'm not going to allow that pressure to change my inside arm feels more of a slight inward pull as my outside arm is sliding as my outside shoulder is opening and and not relieving any of that of that rotational 
torque that I have. It's staying, the torque's staying there, but the inside arm is kind of bending and just allowing me to keep rotating with that focal point. That's kind of what I'm feeling. And, and yes. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know that all of what I feel is necessarily technically sound or any of that. You know, I mean, there's there's times where I get subconscious about this stuff and, and you know, I, I don't know if it's right or wrong. So that's why I kind of wanted to spit that back to you, Trent, and say, yeah, how do you, how does that relate to what you feel? What walk us through what you're feeling through that same zone? Is it similar? Yeah. Is it the same? Like, no, I don't know. It is like like to me, like. So why I, with my own skiing, I always shied away from that idea of back arm pressure is because it, to me, it made me want to spike, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to increase pressure on that back arm, but you know, that just because that shoulder will be, you know, even, even being relatively square to the load or square to the rope Mm -hmm. or square to the pylon, that shoulder, that right shoulder is going to be further away from the pylon, especially as I start to, you know, arc up, arc up beside the boat. Um, so, you know, I know that that back arm needs to, if you, if that back arm maintains its pressure or its connection, that's just information. It's just telling you that it's not, it's not lifting and coming, you know, further inside. Um, I think someone once, you know, this is back in the early two thousands had, had, had mentioned they had this, had this idea of again, right shoulder going to one, three, five of, of through the edge change and all the way to the reach, not letting that right, shoulder get higher, you know, not letting it come up. Um, certainly not up past level. So I, I just, I think like even, you know, like I had said, I really think about controlling my center and controlling my, that the relationship between my hip and my handle. And you've got this really nice sense of, you know, that arm being straight and, and, and your back not moving in, in terms of it, you know, it's lean angle or, or how it's supported against this wall. And I think, this is what people are talking about when they're talking about one handle control and and two back arm pressure. Okay. 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 I just, you just said something that really caught me that I, I want you to walk me through then. Cause you're talking about your hip relations. I think what we're, we're both talking about the forces, the forces that we have going through us, but where we focus in order to get our, each of our best results. So can you just maybe, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. Like, close your eye. Tell me as you're coming into center line or as you're building into center line and as you're coming off the wake, can you walk me through that hip, you know, feeling or, or whatever you're talking yeah. about there? Because I think, I mean, that's going to help. I, I want this for my own yeah. skiing too, because maybe I'm focusing on something to cause that, to cause my hip to do this or, you know, maybe vice versa. Maybe it's, it's the other way. So I just wanted yeah, to kind of sure. walk me through that and let me, let me hear yeah. that. Yeah. And, and, and so again, obviously this is, this is what handle control is to me. It's so coming into the first wake, you know, again, there's a few things going on, but, but ultimately, you know, with my proper structural, structural alignment and with my, my, my mass moving ahead of my feet, blah, blah, blah back to handle control. No, I'm no, really no. thinking about, it's important, um, but I, it's I'm, important to paint the yeah, picture, but I'm really thinking about like, where is that load being channeled? Um, if again, if that hip is, is not in line with the rope, I'm going to feel the, the, the load being channeled somewhere mid torso. But if, if my lower body is all the way through, I'm going to feel that, that load being channeled through my inside hip, um, <clears throat> excuse me, left hip headed to the right. Mm-hmm. And as I come through that transition, through the center of the wakes, 
I'm going to make sure that by main, just simply by maintaining my, my upper body structure. So that's going to be core, especially engaged. Um, and that's going to be lats, you know, engaged. So my shoulder blades are, are, are staying pulled, you know, back and down. I, I want to come up and through without the relationship between my hip and my handle changing for two reasons. One, if, if that hip starts to fall behind the line of the rope, what, what's actually happening is my hips are prematurely opening, opening up. So they're, my hips are going to be going to be squaring everly or ever closer to, to the buoy line. And I don't want that. I want my hips to stay oriented with my feet and my hip, and my ski to start arcing down the lake as the as the geometry of, of of that handle path dictates it. But if my hips fall back, and I only want his hips fall back because that, that paints the wrong picture. If that inside hip, if my left hip falls behind the line of the rope or behind that load, my hips are going to open up. My ski is then going to be forced down the lake sooner. So it's for me, handle control is really, it's really, it's hip control. It's making sure. And again, I do it, I do it through my core and through upper body engagement, making sure that, that the, the line of the rope is channeled through that inside hip all the way through the the second whitewash all the way up as I'm approaching buoy line. And even as not even, especially as that free hand comes off. Now here's my last, you know, here's kind of the last component to handle control for me. I want to make sure that the line of the rope is still intersecting that inside hip. So it's, again, it's, it's handle control for me. I, I guess I really put, you know, thought it through like that, but it is, it's hip control and, and that's something and it's both directions for me. And, and it's, that is the most important thing. And, and again, as soon as I feel something go awry, I can tell that, that the line of the rope is no longer intersecting my inside hip. Because if, if you even like think, you know, right at the, at the height of your reach as you're approaching apex, like that l- down, looking down the line of the rope, I'd still want to see that inside hip, mm-hmm. you know, because if it falls back and then that's when you get kind of a broken overlooking look in the turn or your ski gets too out in front of you. It's, it's, it's a lefty you know, again, two ball. Using, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, but it's, it's using your core to control your hip. It's, it's your hip is moving with the line of the rope and that's, that is how, you know, how I execute and, and it's what it is, what you see, you know, like if you, and that's, what's so interesting. If you, you know, watch some skiing online that, you know, a skier that you appreciate that you've always considered to have great handle control and yeah. look at it through those two lens, you know, where's it, you know, where's the line of the hips as it, as it relates to the rope, you know, just meaning like, you know, just meaning is the hips moving with the rope or not look at it through Rossi's lens is, 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 is there upper body? Is that, is that, is the, the angle of the upper body coming off of that wall abruptly or is it fairly, you know, fairly still through the swing? Right. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I think Freddie Winter should, uh, should start paying us for advertising, but if you go back on his Instagram page to April 4th, he gives a POV head cam where you yeah. can really just watch how, how his upper body is moving. And it's, it is really on that wall that I'm talking about with the way that yeah. I, you know, I described it. That doesn't yeah. mean that it isn't the same as what Trent's saying on his hip is it, you can watch the whole thing play out. And it's just such a great, a great uh, visual example of what we're looking for or what I'm looking for at least. And yeah. um, so I had another question for you. I have, I have a, I have a like 
three things I wanted to talk about. But number one, Trent, we are leaned away from the boat. So if you drew a, if, you know, at the center line, if you drew a vertical a vertical meter, right? And we're leaned away from the boat at that point, right? So mm-hmm. when would you want to get to vertical before you tip to the inside? Like where is that moment for you? So yeah, that's that's a really good question. So I yes, I want I and again, because I've taken the steps and we we know this was in an episode not too long ago. I've taken the steps to make sure that my ski is accelerating faster than my body. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to accelerate my ski. And as it, and then as I come up out of that, out of that lead or, or up out of that drive, my ski's going to accelerate and it's going to come through and onto its inside edge without me having to take my upper body lean angle to zero. Right. Or, or, or even worse to negative. So, but where that is question, that point? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, for me, it's not going to go into to zero until I'm almost to the buoy line. Thank you. Yep. I'm only saying thank you because we've never actually talked about this. Yeah. And so in my as mind, I'm like, as, wait, I want yeah, that late. as late as possible. Okay. You know, because again, I want my ski dead underneath me as I'm approaching buoy line. Because then, then again, with that last component of handle control, my outside hand comes off because I haven't lost hip orientation or because I haven't lost the, you know, the control of the handle, you know, just to keep this you know, inside that box somewhat. Because I haven't lost hip orientation, I'm still skiing away. I'm still skiing away from the pylon. Yes. So at that point, outside hand comes off only to only to continue my outward direction, not 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 even to, you know, not even to facilitate the turn necessarily. It's I'm going to let go of that outside hand. So so while the handle is still swinging up on its you know geometrically perfect line, I'm I'm literally skiing away from it. Exactly. You know, and, and if if I get to max reach all the way to my fingertips it's because my direction was incredibly good if i only get you know to a three-quarter reach well again that's a product of 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 how well i controlled the handle way back when why do you keep describing me with that three-quarter reach oh wait (laughs) (laughs) oh that's right that's that's that that's that little arm bend that i like to have that that actually causes me not to get to that full extension all the time, and that's that's so what then I'm trying where, to talk about. Isn't that interesting? Then so then like there so there, so you just so okay so by not just going to full reach, you just illustrated perfect handle control, right? You know what I mean? Like a, a, as it relates to the very end of the you know end of the of the process, which is the reach itself. You know uh, that that reach, the extent of your reach, really is meant to be. Um, the the extent to which you're able to ski away from the pylon, just going to a, a full straight arm, and and creating a bit of a loose line. It, it, that's you know again that full straight arm does not help the dynamics of the turn. We want to be able to be fully stretched out, and this is the key at the very end, right at apex. You want to be fully stretched out and have line tension. Yeah, if you have yes. line tension, tension, you are able to fully attack and move in any way you need to move. If the line is loose, you have zero support. So you have to then use your Jedi master mind tricks that you, (laughs) that you've learned by doing these patterns over and over and over again, you know, approximately, well, if I fall to the inside, but turn my shoulder, 
rotate my shoulder, I can find where I can find where tension is. That's why that's why that's why when people are closing at the finish of the turn, all they're doing is looking for line tension. They're not yeah. closing to turn harder. They're not closing to accelerate quicker. They're closing to figure out where does that line come tight. But if you can find the handle path and you can then focus on handle control as we're rolling all the way out to apex, then at that moment you have line tension. You can ju you're just full go with with you will I will almost guarantee you'll never fall. Never. If you have yeah. line tension, you're not going to fall. How many times do you fall after you've hooked up after you've hooked up after a turn, whether it was a good or a bad one, you get into your your fairly balanced position. How many times do you fall going into the first wake? No, you unless don't. you have a no a glove issue or a broken right. rope, right? You're not going to because you have line support. When you have line support, you can find your balance. If you have no line support, you're you're just guessing as to what's going to happen. And the worse you guess, the higher likelihood of something catastrophically bad happening goes. It's just a, it's just a it's yeah. a risk ratio. So if you watch how how pro skiers ski, we know how to minimize the amount of risk that we have exposed ourselves to. That's what we're really good at. Um, but anyway, I want to get off of that. I want to get off of that for a second. I also wanted to say that one of the things that really helps me with this, and um, it's it's really important for me, <clears throat> excuse me, is as I come into the first wake, regardless of offside onside, I need mm -hmm. to 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 understand that my ski is in the position it needs to be in. I need to work on my my position over my ski. <clears throat> excuse me. So if you were to freeze the best skiers in the world, right behind the boat, directly behind the boat, and draw a line, what you should be seeing, if you split their body 50-50, right up there, right up the, you know, go right down the line and split their body, what you should be seeing is that we want slightly ahead of that line. We want to be just starting to move ahead of that line. And I think that, so we have slightly more body towards the one ball side than we do towards the gate ball side. If we're talking about the same cut, we've been talking this whole time. Okay. And, and what I think what <clears throat> a lot of our skiers end up doing is they're behind that line. And if you're always behind that line, you can never catch up to the handle path, catch up to the handle. So then it's going to be harder for you to have handle control. So for me, you may not see it visually, but for me, as I'm rolling in for my gate or coming off a two ball, I'm kind of thinking like I'm visualizing myself being ahead, trying to be ahead of the rope as I come into the wakes. Not arms bent, not arms bent, not arms bent, body forward sticking out like that with my butt back. That's not what I'm trying to say. But as I'm leaning away on that wall, I also want to have a slightly forward component. This is one of the 100%. reasons why I believe that a lot of people are toe looping right now is that you have less heel lock out of your back foot. So it's a little bit easier to, to, to understand how you're pivoting over your front foot. But I yeah. think that you want to be, you want to make sure that the worst case scenario is that you're perfectly lined up when you go through center line. And I would be willing to bet that the majority or at least a high significant or a high amount of our listeners are behind that line. If you took center of mass, total center of mass, 
I think you're going to see that, yeah, maybe a uh, uh, back arm shoulder is down and leading, but then the there's a hinge at the waist and the, mm. you know, the, the lower thigh and, you know, buttocks area or whatever you want to call it is behind it's trailing <laughs> right so center of mass yeah. actually is back even though you feel forward so i feel this kind of i want to make sure as i'm going through the center line that i feel my back against that wall and that my that i'm that i'm verging over being slightly forward of 50 50 not slightly back or way back of so that's how, it, for me, all of this starts, the handle control comes into play when I can get to that place. And a lot of times my tendency as I, you know, I'm, I have no problem talking about the things that I do that are not ideal. One of the things, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, one of the things that I like to do, that I have liked to do in the past, coming from a guy who learned to ski on hand driving and you know, perfect pass and now have gone to zero off that has zero, you know, flexibility and speed. I was able to do things before. This is why I have this as part of my part of my gig that I can't do now. But anyway, back to this is I come into the first wake and I use the handle and that pivot point on my back and, and my right shoulder going into the gate. And I tend to want to advance my ski out in front of me with the idea that I'm casting my ski out wide. Sounds great, but if you listen to our handle path episode, you understand that you don't want to cast your ski out on a path that isn't that isn't staying with the handle path because the more they diverge, the more to the inside you're going to timber or tip. So yeah. anyway, that we don't want to do. We want to stay lined up over our ski all the way through center line. That's a really important thing for me because then when I do that, then I can make sure that my back's against that wall and I can arc and maintain that that energy that I created out towards that buoy line before I disconnect from it. But when I disconnect from it, I'm not just letting go of it. That's not it. That's where we talked about the reach, right? We're not reaching towards the boat. We're allowing our body to extend away from the handle all the way to that apex. Oh, my, if at one ball, my right hand feels tension in the line, bam, I can step into that turn, attack, make a nice turn and be accelerating right off the backside of that buoy. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I think just the last thing that, you know, okay, well, so if, if you, if you know the hand, if, if, you know, if handle control is eluding you, so you would go, you would go step one. Well, just have an honest look at your, at your alignment, at your structure. Um, is, does it support the amount of, of, you know, does your, does your structure support the amount of weight that you're trying to, to, to harness, which is, you know, depending on your, on your speed and on your line length, which is, which is in the hundreds and hundreds of pounds, then, then, then number two, you know, am I edge changing early enough that I can actually keep this handle nice and close to my body? And, you know, again, have an honest look at it. There, there's a, you know, and, and admittedly there is a bit of fudge room there, you know, center line is perfect you know, a little bit past second wake you can get away with, but you know, the, the longer every inch past the center line that you're forced to pull because of some kind of misgiving on the front end, the, the more the handle is going to come away from your body. Um, so it, it's, you know, it, it's kind of just back full circle. It's as much as it is controlling your handle, it's put your body in a position that you can control your body after the second wake. Um, 